Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. It's 12.35 in Edmonton. We're going to bring John Shannon in momentarily on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline. But this text comes to us from Mark on our Westlock Ford text line at 630-630. Bob, what a joke comparing Vegas to the 80s Oilers. Bob is now a Vegas expert. How did your playoff picks go? Wow out loud from Mark. Mark, not too good, because I didn't think Vegas would be this good, because I underestimated how good their team was all season long. The uh, comparable I made between the orders of the 80s, the early 80s, and Vegas is the coaches allowed their players to make mistakes and didn't hammer them for them. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to the coaches that are out there and negatively reinforce and set guys and bench guys. And it has been proved positive, no pun intended for Vegas, and the early's 80 Oilers were coached up the same way by Glenn Sather. You can text us at 630-630. Some guests on the show receive gift certificates too. Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow Sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse. 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Reminder, every Wednesday night, state night at Roos Chris, where two can dine for $120. We bring back to the show, John Shannon. Hi, John. How are you? Hey, Bob. Good to you. Uh, not bad. Not bad at all. Where do we start here? Well, let's start with the Vegas Golden Knights. It's been a remarkable story, but is it any longer a surprise? Well, it better not be. <laughs> I mean, those of us that picked L.A., San Jose, and Winnipeg to win the series better learn our lesson by now. Yep. I took them to beat... Um, I think I had him. Yeah, I had him to beat San Jose, but I definitely had it. I had about four LA guys uh, in the Pub nineteen oh five pool that I'm comped every year. So um, that tells you all you need to know. I think they scored three goals in the whole series. Is it too simple to say it started in goal and then built out from there in terms of the confidence level of that team? Uh, well, I, I mean, listen, it, it'd be we would be doing a disservice not to be giving Marc-Andre Fleury so much credit but at the same time I mean when you look at that blue line and what they've achieved with Braden McNabb and Derek Engeland and I mean the one guy I knew I, I thought was going to be a star but not necessarily a star for Vegas was Shea Theodore I thought he was going to be great for Anaheim Me for too. years to come Me too. Yep. Uh, you, you know I mean when you look at that group of guys you're going my goodness gracious Nate Smith you know, uh, didn't play, didn't dress for 20 games uh, as a healthy scratch for Washington last year. So they obviously didn't think that he was going to be their future. Um, these guys have these guys have made a huge impact on that blue line. And then when you when you look at the depth of forwards and and the interchangeable parts in many ways that they are, it's it, it is 
truly an amazing story. I, it's funny. I, I, I heard somebody uh, earlier today make a comparison uh, or, or an analysis that suggested that Stanley Cups are won by great third and fourth lines. You know, it's the depth of teams yep. that win Cups. Well, you know what? That, that's all that Vegas is, is depth. Uh, you know, that, 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 that's all they are. We're original third and fourth liners. Uh, that always have that effort and always have that desire and always have that will to compete because that's the only way they stay in the game. So when you put four lines of hockey players like that, you're going to have a relentless group of hockey players that just know how to can find a way to win. John, we agree on Flurry. Um, regarding, for me, specifically England, uh, the advanced analytics guys out there, uh, one of them's name is Wood Guy here in town, Darcy McLeod, uh, he has told me that Shea Theodore is such a stud that uh, the numbers for all of you that have played with Theodore as the season has gone on have improved because he can carry. I still think it's remarkable. I mean, Derek England was a bit part player with Calgary in the end, and was thirty. Yep. I, mean, I mean, you don't expect the player to get better at thirty-five. He's done that, um, and I do think that James Me- James Neal and David Perron were legitimate top six forwards, and Marcia Show was as well last year. So, but. I don't, you know, they've made a lot of guys better, and to me, that's a reflection on coaching. Let's go back to the two guys you talked about right off the top there with Perron and Neal. You know what? You you saw David Perron up close and personal. Yep. Uh, we, we've all seen James Neal up close and personal. Uh, we've never doubted their talent. We've never doubted that these guys had pure rock talent. What we always doubted was their personalities. And did they have the character to be team players? Well, they in, in Vegas, they had no choice but to be team players. Yep. And, and the, the environment made them team players, and they're better for it. So all of a sudden, that natural talent they've always had, and now that new ingrained team-first mentality, whether it's their teammates, whether it's Gallant, whether it's McPhee, whether it's, you know, the tragic events of October, I mean, something changed in these guys' characters to make them better people and better players. And I think that, that there's something to be said for that, and there's a ton of that on this team. So much character that you can't go wrong with it. John, could you imagine if a year ago at this time, uh, which would right around the time that Edmonton you know, was eliminated, we'd be sitting thinking that the Oilers wouldn't make the playoffs, that Vegas would be in the Stanley Cup final, and Winnipeg would be their opponent. It shows you that things can change pretty quickly in the NHL, can't they? Oh, quicker than you realize. And, you know, and, and both of those uh, scenarios were showed creativity and patience. And then the, the, the challenge becomes as a as a, a, a management team is when to be creative and when to be patient. And knowing that is that that's the magic elixir, Bob. Is is winning? When, you know, it's the uh, the old uh, it's the old poker. Know when to fold them, right? Yes. And that becomes when, and that becomes the magic of how you re, you build a hockey club. It's not necessarily judgment, 
but it's when you're able to turn that switch on and make sure that the right guys are at the right place at the right time. I think there's going to be some lessons learned. We're joined by John Shannon from NHL Hockey and Rogers for the upcoming Seattle expansion. I mean, you look at Minnesota, outthinking it, and Chuck Fletcher did a pretty good job. That team made the playoffs six years in a row, final six years he was GM there, and I think Chuck, a year from now, his name goes to the top of the list for prospective general managers out there. Because um, we'll get to Paul Fenton in a second, but you know, they wanted to protect their scenario on defense, and so they ended up giving up both, uh, you know, a, a guy that can flat-out skate down the middle, I mean, can really fly, right, at, as a yep. centerman that had a 29-goal season this year, and Alex Tuck. Pretty, you know, I don't think we're going to see situations where teams are going to give up two players so they don't touch somebody else. I think te- organizations will just give up a player moving forward when Seattle comes into the league. What do you think? Well, re- remember the scenario you had a choice between uh, eight skaters or seven and three, seven forwards, yep. three defensemen. That way you could, if you need, you want to take four defensemen or even claim five defensemen. I think the reality of it is is that if you're really concerned about the expansion draft, you have to construct it so you you know you're only losing one. You know you're only losing one, but you know then then you have to bite the bullet on the one. I mean, in the end, Chuck didn't think he was biting the bullet on either Howla or Tuck. Yep. Well, you know what? That that was a mistake. The one that I think gets really uh, over criticized is. The, the Marcheseau-Riley-Smith combination. You know, they needed to get out from underneath. This was this was ownership telling Dale Talon, we need to get rid of this contract. We need to get rid of the Riley-Smith contract. We don't care what you do, get rid of the contract. So that was the deal. You take Marsh, you take uh, Riley-Smith, we'll, uh, we'll give you Marcheseau. And that's that's they bribed them to take Riley Smith's contract, and that's and that's what became that's why Marsh Show became a member of the Golden Knights. And that's an important distinction for people to make. And yeah, you know, uh, I I did have a chance, uh, John, while you were working for the uh, the eighty forty five you know celebration of the greatest team in NHL history, the Oilers. I had a chance that night to spend some time with uh, Vinny Viola, the owner of the Florida Panthers. And he yep. flat out confessed that, hey, I mean, Dale Talon had instructions as to what to do here, right, to shave a bit. So uh, we, we certainly take that into consideration. All right, so let's uh, talk of the news of the day because there's uh, three organizations, actually four, that are impacted by some things. Let's start with Lou Lamarillo, uh, officially the president of the New York Islanders. Uh, what does that mean for Garth Snow and Doug Waite? I think there are question marks beside both of them at this point. Um, you know, the, the the one thing I will tell you, Lou is a loyal person, um, but he's you know structured and disciplined. So I, I'm sure, and this is and I, I have not talked to Lou today, but I am sure he wants the title general manager in the end, president of hockey operations and general manager, which means that Garth will be welcome to stay, but will have to relinquish one of those titles and uh, of general manager. So from that perspective, will Garth want to stay? He has a pretty good buyout from the previous administration, so he'll be looked after. As far as Doug Waite goes, I'm not sure. What we do know is that uh, John Tavares has been a long supporter of Doug Waite, 
Lou and Tavares met last Wednesday in New York because they did not know each other, so they have now met and talked. I'm not sure what the conversation goes, but you have to wonder what one of the questions was. If we stay, what do you think of what do you think of keeping Doug Wade? I would think that that would be one of the conversations. Lou Lou doesn't waste any time when he sits down with people to get business done. So in, in trying to make sure that John Tavares understands what the Islander plans are in 30 days before the exclusive window ends for the Islanders, uh, I suspect that Doug Waite was on, in that conversation. John Shannon joining us. John, uh, so Lamarillo gone from the Maple Leafs. So too is Mark Hunter. Uh, Hunter will, will basically have a caveat that he cannot work for another NHL team to mid-July, obviously because he was driving the Leafs' uh, drafting side. What does this yep. mean uh, from a – I mean, obviously it's it's full control over now to the young gun with the Maple Leafs organization. Yeah, Kyle is – Kyle Dubas is certainly in charge, and I suspect that uh, in the next little while we're going to we're gonna hear about uh, his acquisition of a new assistant general manager who is in charge of the scouting department. Uh, and then I wouldn't be surprised that he he adds another body as not necessarily a senior advisor, but somebody who can uh, be part of the old boys network. Because I think I really do think that 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 knowledge base is needed not necessarily the final decision but that knowledge base is needed as you proceed as a general manager in the National Hockey League so I I, I think that uh, while the Lou job was not necessarily a permanent uh, full time job as senior advisor I do think that he'll add somebody that can um, carry on conversations with some of the old guard managers so that that wouldn't surprise me that we start hearing names like Ron Francis. I'm not suggesting it's Ron Francis, but like Ron Francis to come and work in Toronto. Okay, where does Mark Hunter end up? Well, he doesn't have to end up anywhere. Um, you know, I mean, he's he's uh, he's very well off. You know, he still has ownership of the London Knights. I think he could dip himself back into that lifestyle anytime he wants uh, that said um you know what it i i don't think he's going to the island because I, I i think that from that perspective it's a, a different world uh with lou running everything uh and on on top of that what i would say is that uh uh that mark probably will in the summertime take some bids from people who change their uh, scouting programs and management systems after the draft i mean does Minnesota make sense for him with Paul Fenton? Hmm. It might. Who knows? That is interesting. That's where we're going to go next. I mean, based upon the fact that Craig Leopold, you know, used to own Nashville, are we surprised at all? I mean, was that not the most predictable outcome possible that Paul Fenton would end up becoming Minnesota's GM? Well, that was the hot take as soon as the as soon as the Chuck got fired. It made some sense. Uh, but I think then what happened was Tom Fitzgerald was so impressive in his interviews, and, and Craig had a previous relationship with Tom as a former player on, on that Predators team. Uh, and that tells you that what people start to think of Fitzgerald, and at some point we're going to be talking about Tom Fitzgerald being a general manager in the National Hockey League as well. I mean, Paul Fenton, Paul Fenton deserves a ton, more than a ton of credit for the success of the Predators. He, he was their head, head of scouting. He made a ton of decisions as David ended up being the CEO, David Poyle. 
And uh, so this is uh, finally the opportunity for Fenton to make a decision. What, what sort of team do you think they have there, Minnie? That's a great question. I still maintain that they have a team that has no personality. I'm with you all the way. All the way. I think that they're bland. And I, Paul Fenton is, I, I don't know if you know Paul very well, Bob, but Paul is far from bland. <laughs> Paul is a, Paul is a... Uh, well, we had a, de- uh, we had a debate one time when he was working on the World Cup team, just so you know, over a player. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. Well, he, he, he's an outspoken guy. He has opinions. He's not necessarily the most media savvy guy. I, I, I think that, I think you have to hope that teams start to reflect his personality and that'll be a lot more edge with the wild with him there than with with him prior to arriving there. All right. Uh, and you reported yesterday, uh, Boston University's David Quinn. By the way, BU, I don't know if they necessarily climbed the mountain based on the talent level they had two years ago. They were in a re- by their standards, in a bit of a rebuild this past year. Didn't have a great record. But David Quinn, the next head coach of the New York Rangers, that's two NCAA coaches, uh, Jim Montgomery going to Dallas. Um, I'm hearing that uh, Dallas is looking for a veteran AHL uh, head coach type to come in as an associate, Um, a guy that's had some success, uh, that's maybe had a cup of coffee as an NHL head coach to work with Montgomery. Uh, Your thoughts on David Quinn and maybe this bit of a trend, Dave Haxtell as well. That's three NCAA coaches in the last, what, three years. And because prior to that, we had Ned Harkness at Cornell back in 68 going to Detroit, obviously ahead of his yeah. time, kind of like Claire Drake was with the Oilers mid-70s, uh, and then Herb Brooks. I mean, we haven't had a lot of NCAA guys uh, make that jump directly to the NHL. No, we haven't had many win the Cup either. Uh, Bob Johnson right? Um, obviously was in Calgary and was went to uh, Pittsburgh and won the Cup. Um, I, I do think that Montgomery and Quinn should probably give Dave Haxtall a little bit of commission uh, based on uh, the, the reinvented college hockey coach. And really, many, it, it, getting a chance in the NHL, really, to me, what it, what it tells me is how, how elevated the uh, NCAA hockey programs have become and how much closer they are to the pro programs as opposed to being, uh, you know, you know, Five and Dimers, you know, programs that are just subsistence. You know, guys like Red Berenson at Michigan ran a pretty tight organization for a long time, but liked the lifestyle. And now what we're seeing is that guys who have climbed that mountain want to prove something more. So Quinn and Haxtall and Montgomery, uh, they're going to be uh, interesting targets uh, for the next little while and how successful. It's all a copycat league, you know that, Bob. It's what have you done for me lately? And uh, what's the other guy doing? So we'll we'll, tr- we'll find three more. We'll find three more college hockey coaches before we find the quality junior hockey coaches to make the jump. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, great stuff, John. Thanks a lot for your time. Hey, now uh, when you were at Disneyland, were you grumpy or were you sleepy? Well, I definitely wasn't sleepy because. Uh, well. I- when you, so stay, when you stay at one of the property hotels, you get in a park an hour earlier, and that's when you make your hay in terms of the ride. So if you want to hit cars or, uh, you know what you'd I mean? Still be, you'd still be grumpy. Oh, it's, John, it's hard, man. Like, you know, you have no personal space there. You know, you got your kids. John, it's the happiest place on earth for the kids. You know that. Well, it's for no the ki- different than when you're on the charter with the kids. That's all I know. Uh, what's that? 
It's no different. It's than no different when. No different than when you're on the charter with the Oilers. Oh, They're the kids. They are, but we're so segregated, as you know, that you wouldn't even know that we're on with them. <laughs> hey, thanks, John. Take care. Have a great day. Thanks. 1254 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, I'm going to get to more text at 630, 630. Ludog, Brass coming up at 105 in Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a Pro-Am Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, Pro-Am Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30, Chad. Cassian needs to be more impactful next season. Welcome back, everybody. It's 12.57 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. If you're looking for a fun destination this year, take the kids to Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. Brendan, I look forward uh, 20 years from now to hearing you talk, uh, you know, when you're producing Oilers Now, and I'm in my uh, 30th year hosting the show, <laughs> yeah. uh, talking about your trip to Disneyland. Take the kids to the happiest place on earth for the kids. Fabulous fun, great food, warm weather. Book now with New West Travel. Your Disneyland California package includes non-stop airfare, four-star hotel for seven nights, five-day attractions pass. For reservations to Disneyland, call the travel experts at New West Travel 780-432-7446 or book online at newwesttravel.com. I've never been, so I can't wait. 20 years from now, I'll finally go, like you say. You know, maybe you'll go if, you know, depending upon the type of woman you end up Marrying, I mean, maybe it's you know club uh, hedonism, and or maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's Disneyland. What are, what are the other? It might tell you a little about the the sort of relationship <laughs> you're in. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back, Louis DeBrusque and Oilers now.